Join us now for Education Matters, a weekly look at the real people and real stories in education across North Carolina. Welcome to Education Matters, presented by the Public School Forum of North Carolina. I'm Keith Poston. E-cigarettes, vaping, jeweling, whatever you know it by, their use is skyrocketing, skyrocketing among students. Last week, North Carolina became the first state in the country to file a lawsuit against popular e-cigarette maker Juul Labs, alleging the company is downplaying the potency and danger of nicotine in illegally targeting young people through its marketing and advertising. This week, we're joined by North Carolina Attorney General Josh Stein to discuss the lawsuit his office filed against Juul and what he hopes to accomplish. And then we're going to talk to one of the state's top public health officials about the growing use and risks associated with vaping and to a Wake County Schools district leader about how they are tackling this epidemic in our schools. Before we tackle our main topics, we open with headlines, our quick scan of education headlines across North Carolina and the U.S. According to new data, the demographics for the second year of the new North Carolina Teaching Fellows Program looks much like its first year, with the vast majority of fellows being white females. The numbers come out at a time when there is increased focus on the lack of diversity in the state's teaching workforce, where the student population is more than 50% non-white. Of the 133 spots this year, 81% are white and 86% are women. There are bills pending in the General Assembly to expand the program and include historically black colleges and universities that were excluded in the initial launch. Diversity and equity was in the news in Rockingham County last week as the Rockingham County School Board voted five to one to axe grant funding for a school staff equity training and returned $16,000 that had been awarded by an area nonprofit. Equity training has been a contentious subject with some citizens in Rockingham telling the board, telling the board that diversity training is tantamount to white bashing. Endorsed by the State Board of Education as good practice, equity training is nearly universal in school systems across the state and the nation. Finally, one of the state's two virtual charter schools has been granted permission by the State Board of Education to sever ties with its national for-profit manager. North Carolina Connections Academy has been managed by Pearson Online and Blended Learning, part of the international company Pearson that publishes textbooks and sells a wide range of education products. The state board said school, the school will get sharp state scrutiny as it transitions to becoming a locally operated online school. Remember, you can visit the Public School Forum's website at ncforum.org, click on Education Matters, and read more about each of these headlines as well as all the topics we cover each week. As I said at the top of the show, last week the state of North Carolina filed a lawsuit against Juul Labs. That's the company that manufactures most of the e-cigarettes used today, about 70% of the market. The Attorney General of North Carolina, Josh Stein, is joining us today to talk about it. Thanks so much for joining us on Education Matters. Keith, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about the lawsuit. Yeah. Why did you take the step, the very first country to do so, to sue, to sue, sue Jewel Labs? I went to Sewell Elementary School in Chapel Hill. Um, I sued Jewel Labs to protect North Carolina's kids because this is a company, it's actually 75% they control of this e-cigarette market and it has become an epidemic in our schools. I have two high schoolers. If, if you're, the people watching the show have any knowledge of anybody in middle school or high school, ask them, do their friends vape? And you will hear an astonishing uh, report because if you go to any high school bathroom, there's gonna be vapor happening between classes. It, it, 
It has become an epidemic. This, this word, by the way, isn't my word. It's the Trump administration's FDA commissioner and U.S. Surgeon General. Uh, this use has skyrocketed an increase in the last year of about 80 percent for high school students and 40 or 50 percent in middle schools. Uh, and we cannot, we cannot have another generation of young people addicted to nicotine. We've had an incredible gain in public health in that the number, the percentage of kids who smoke has dramatically declined over the last 20 years. And we've lost all of those gains in the last three years because of Juul. And that's you know, your, your, your primary focus from reading over your lawsuit is focused on how is it they how they market and sell to minors. Is, is that your is that your is that the reason why this lawsuit was brought? From the very design of the product, its intent was to appeal to young people, including minors. Uh, here's a jewel. A lot of people hadn't seen one yet. It has actually it actually has a way to connect to a USB port. It looks like a USB port. Uh, so parents see this in their kids' backpacks, do not even know what it is. So they made it look cool and hip. Uh, they use flavors that appeal to kids, dessert and fruit flavored, uh, cool cucumber, mango, creme brulee. Uh, and then they actually alter the nicotine so that it goes down more smoothly to a virgin smoker's throat, which is entirely meant. It's, they say it's about moving people who smoke to another product. But why would you make it so that it appeals to people who haven't smoked before? And in fact, the packaging says if it's too hard, just try, keep trying because there's a perfect puff for you. It's all about hooking a new generation. Yeah, and then you, you mentioned about the, I mean, when I remember first hearing about these products, I, mean, you know, I don't know, a decade ago, it really was, it was about a safer alternative to smoking. It was a, a smoking cessation tool, um, but it looks like um, not only, like you said, they're, I mean, it's hard to think about, I don't know, I guess I don't think the, the Marlboro man is looking for the, the, the creme, creme brulee smoke, um, but the facts look are very sobering. I mean, teens aged 15 to 17 are, are more likely to use Juul uh, than what they say that their targeted demographic is, which is over 25. That's exactly right. The, their growth is all among kids. They've, they've seeded essentially a disease among children and it's just spread of its own accord. But it didn't happen by accident. They actually went on to social media sites that they know teens use, hired media influencers who have huge teen audiences, and essentially propagated that this is what a cool high schooler does. Uh, we were just talking a minute ago that uh, the last episode of Game of Thrones, there's this meme of Sophie Turner, one of the leading young actresses on the show, and she's vaping and she tweets at Jewel. There was a study this week that showed that nearly half of all Jewel Twitter followers are minors. That They know this, and that's what they're using to, to spread this disease. Do you believe Jewel and other e-cigarette manufacturers are trying to get young people addicted to nicotine? What they're trying to do today, I can't speak. But what they've done, this company is only about three and a half years old. I mean, it's a brand spanking new company. Uh, Doing company, pretty well, though. But they, it's worth $40 billion, and they have just taken over middle schools and high schools across this country. Uh, and I, they have engaged in aggressive marketing and sales practices to appeal to young people, including minors. Uh, they can't do that. They can't create this this virus that spreads among young people, now today say, oh, we're only using old actors and we're only telling people to use it in this way. 
they've already created the problem and they have to pay for those consequences because we have a ton, uh, thousands of young people at risk of addiction to nicotine, which I know you're going to be talking with some public health yeah. folks later, but it's incredibly dangerous to, to alter the brain of a teenager and foster addiction puts them at incredible risk of addiction to other things like methamphetamine, cocaine, alcohol, uh, uh, tobacco. Well, okay, so you obviously, can, we're, we are going to talk to someone from North Carolina Public Health in a little bit, um, but I mean, you obviously consulted some experts before yes. you made this, take this in. Do you believe these products are dangerous? Absolutely, they're dangerous. Yeah. We've seen that some research that came out of UNC and Chapel Hill and, and Duke that showed that the flavors themselves, as you just mentioned, all the ones, that those actually, it's those, those chemicals and those flavors, maybe not even necessarily the nicotine, that also we don't really know sort of what the effect is on, on, on lungs. Ba basically, any person who's out there juuling or vaping is a guinea pig because we, we have no idea what the long-term health effects are. Uh, everyone theorizes that they are less dangerous than smoking a cigarette uh, and because it's water, I mean, it's vapor, right? That's what it sounds like, right? And, and likely it is less dangerous because we know smoking cigarettes will kill you. I mean, it causes right. lung cancer. But to heat up a flavoring, a chemical, and, and inhale it in your lung is totally different than putting the flavoring of uh, creme brulee in a food and digesting it through your digestive system. Your lung, your pulmonary system is totally different respiratory than your digestive system. And so we truly have no idea what the long-term effects are, but we know that nicotine leads to addiction. These, a lot of people think there's no nicotine in this. Right. This is more intense than smoking a cigarette in terms of the nicotine. So it's much more likely. So there's actually, I think I read, I don't have the data in front of me, like how many packs of cigarettes of nicotine are in those, well, the, like one, one of cartridge. The, one of the things we uh, were claiming in our complaint is they say that a cartridge is equal to a pack of cigarettes. But the studies show that a person who consumes it gets 30 to 100% more nicotine from a jewel than they do from a pack of cigarettes. So they're misrepresenting how intense and how addictive they are, and that, that's illegal. All right, so let me ask you, let's shift gears just a little bit. How do we balance, how do you balance as the state's attorney general between sort of appropriate regulation, appropriate, you know, uh, legal action versus sort of overreach into what maybe some might call like a nanny state? And I was thinking back when, um, you know, Mayor Bloomberg in New York wanted to ban big gulps because it was unhealthy. I mean, are, you think this was, I, I mean, is this an appropriate sort of, how do you draw the line as the Attorney General? Sure. Well, the way I draw the line is this is a, a new product that was designed, marketed, and sold intentionally to young people, including minors, that has incredible long-term health risks with absolutely no health benefit to a first-time user. There's nothing good about this if you haven't been smoking cigarettes before. So I want to protect North Carolina's kids, and if we don't get ahead of this, we, we have increased, like I said, 80% from last year to this year. We know that 19 is going to be a substantial increase over 18. If we don't get ahead of this, we're going to have an entire generation of young people addicted to nicotine and all of the negative health consequences that result. And I, can't, I cannot sit here as the Attorney General of North Carolina, see a company engage in unfair and deceptive trade practices that are hurting our people and not take action. All right, as we wrap it up, I just, uh, you announced this lawsuit last week, but just this week, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell um, um, 
Tim Kaine, Democrat from Virginia, uh, uh, Hillary Clinton's running mate from yeah. a couple years ago, they both announced a bill together to raise the nationwide minimum age for all tobacco products from 18 to 21. Do you support that? Do you think that's something we should do in North Carolina? Strongly. The, what's kind of interesting is you see Mitch McConnell, Kentucky, Tim Kaine, Virginia, Josh Stein, North Carolina, the three leading tobacco states in the country. But we all agree that we've got to keep tobacco away from young people. None of us are trying. I'm not trying to ban Juul. Right. I'm not trying to ban cigarettes. I'm trying to keep them from being sold to kids and keeping uh, getting these products out of our high schools would be a huge step forward in public Correct. health. Well, thank you for being here. We're going to be look, we're going to be watching the lawsuit unfold, and uh, maybe we'll have a come back home when things um, uh, heat up. Thanks, thanks, thanks Chief. Appreciate it. After a brief commercial break, we have two guests to help us understand more about these e-cigarette risks and are there risks? Spoiler alert: there are risks. But before we go to break, see if you can answer this question: True or false? Teens who use e-cigarettes are more likely to smoke regular cigarettes. Education Matters is brought to you each week in part by Paragon Bank, serving others, enriching lives. Did you correctly answer true? Originally marketed as a way to quit smoking, research now shows that teens who use e-cigarettes are actually seven times more likely to smoke actual cigarettes. We're going to continue our discussion now and focus more on both the risks and efforts to reduce student use of e-cigarettes. We've got Dr. Susan Consagra. She is the Section Chief for Chronic Disease and Injury, North Carolina Division of Public Health. Next to her, Brian Glendening. Brian is the Senior Administrator for Healthful Living, Wake County Public Schools. So thank you both for being here. Um, obviously, you were aware of the uh, lawsuit last week, and you just heard the Attorney General. Um, I want to start with you, Dr. Consagra. Um, vaping has been promoted as a safe alternative to smoking cigarettes. Is it? It's not. And, you know, I want to talk about that use of the word safe. It is not safe. Uh, E-cigarettes have harms. And I know many times there is a misconception that there is harmless water vapor in e-cigarettes, and that's absolutely not true. Particularly if you look at uh, youth risks of using e-cigarettes, Surgeon General put out you know, an over 250-page report about some of the health impacts, and there are numerous health impacts that we already know. For example, they increase the likelihood of mood disorders, they decrease impulse control, uh, and you know, they affect the parts of the brain that are responsible for attention and learning. So they, they have very real health risks for our youth. Yeah, one of the things that I, that I saw, and I think we're gonna pull up some of these on the screen, um, that daily e-cigarette users have twice the risk of a heart attack, and that's according to the American Journal of Preventative Medicine. Um, they also mentioned uh, there's, it, there's some DNA damaging chemicals in saliva from using these products that can cause oral cancer. I mean, again, I came into this really not knowing a lot about, about this product other than I, I was kind of like a lot of people, I bet maybe some of our viewers, it's water vapor. Yeah. And, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's not like, you know, you know, firing up a camel unfiltered, right? But it's, um, there's some, what are the yeah. biggest risks? And, and are the risks different 
for middle and high school students versus, say, people in their 20s and 30s? Yeah, so, you know, some of the risks, in addition to some of the things I've already mentioned, the, the chemicals in cigarettes themselves cause risks. So, for example, uh, e-cigarettes have been found to contain benzene, which is commonly found in car exhaust. It also has heavy metals in it, like nickel, tin, lead. Um, and there's also very fine particles that when you inhale an e-cigarette, gets very deep into the lungs, and those particles have also been uh, shown to cause damage to the lungs. So those are really real risks. And in addition to those inherent risks, we know, as you mentioned, that e-cigarettes also increase your likelihood of using other tobacco products, so combustible tobacco products. And we already know the health impact of that as one of the leading causes right. of preventable death. Um, and, and not only just combustible tobacco products, actually in the Surgeon General's report, they're also showing research now that it really primes the brain for addiction to other More things, addiction. like even cocaine. Yeah. So, wow. so obviously lots of health risks. Brian, I want to go to you. Um, largest school district in the state. Um, you heard, you've heard the numbers. What are you seeing in Wake schools in terms of use? Are you mirroring the national trend in terms of big spikes in usage among middle and high school students? So we, we don't have that local data at this point. Um, that, is, that is still something that we will get over the next year or two and, and in the coming years. What we do have is North Carolina data. And you know, from my standpoint as a school administrator um, in charge of health education, over the last seven years when I've been doing this job, I have not received as many student calls, parent calls, school administrator calls saying, this is a major issue in our school and we need some help educating students, what can we do and, and what are some things that we can put in place. And you know, we, we cover all health topics and health education. And this has been really a hot button, particularly in the last two years. Well, we're talking to teachers. It's like I, I mean, I, I was in a, a teacher's classroom recently. You know, a lot of teachers, you know, they always have their drawer of all the things that they take away from students during the day. I mean, now they're full of of these uh, you know these little jewels. Uh, what is the official policy of Wake in terms of of use or even having them on you? Because let's I mean, let's run. It may sound quaint, but it is illegal to sell these products to someone under 18, but they're all over middle and high school. So I mean, is, there, are they, is it a punishable offense in Wake County to even have one on you? It's, it's a punishable offense because it's a tobacco product. Um, so we've, uh, I think it was in June of 2018, they included in our student code of conduct um, the actual words e-cigarettes in that, in that policy for student code of conduct. So it's considered a level one, which is um, kind of the lowest level uh, behavioral offense that a student can, uh, can have in a school. So it's a school-based decision on how they would handle um, a lot of that. If it becomes habitual, they have some, some greater ways of, of punishing kids. But you know, from my perspective as an educator, I want to get in front of it before we get to a point of, of having kids get punished for using. We want to make sure that kids have the right tools to understand exactly what it is that's going in their bodies and exactly what's going on and how it's being communicated to our well, youth. Well, let's get to that point about education because I, you're, you've done some, there's been a lot of, that a lot of students who are using these, there's a huge increase in usage, they don't really understand nicotine or even what it is or yeah. that it's that they're, they're even intaking that. Yeah, there is this misconception, again, that they feel that these are harmless and they have water vapor, and that's simply not true. And if you look at the state data, we've seen a 900% increase over a span of six years. And there's few things that you see increase that rapidly. And as a public health official, I don't use the term epidemic lightly, but this is certainly one of those things where we are seeing an epidemic of e-cigarette use uh, among youth. And some of the policies that we have in place 
at a state level, just to add on to some of the things Brian mentioned, you know, we have a tobacco-free schools policy in North Carolina, so grounds are supposed to be smoke-free. You know, there are certain um, educational programs that we support and promote that meet standards for uh, educating our youth and also parents and teachers around these products and what they contain. So, you know, certainly, yes, there, there is this misconception, but that is simply not true. Well, that's, and I guess that's, we have a lot of parents that watch this show and, and teachers. I mean, do, I mean, so parents, from your view, should look at these these jewels, these e-cigarettes, no differently than they look at, at cigarettes in terms of being a tobacco product? Yeah, and, and in fact, the data is showing that if you use e-cigarettes, it increases your likelihood of using actually combustible tobacco products as well. And so I think for both there's reasons, not just the inherent risk of the e-cigarette, but also the risk of, of transitioning to combustible tobacco products and facing a lifetime of nicotine addiction. I think there, there's a really real concern that parents should have about youth use of e-cigarettes. So what are y'all doing in, in Wake County Schools, Brian? To, to educate students. I mean, look, I, I have an 18-year-old. I mean, um, they know how to eye roll. I mean, do they do they do they believe? Do, you, do they do they listen to um, just your sort of your normal education programs about this? I mean, it's it's a fine line to walk. So you know, we can. I think that a teenager's um, ability to sniff out something that doesn't seem like the the complete factual evidence for something is is very high so we like to try to make sure that we represent everything with something that is either a CDC or Department of Health and Human Services or something that is scientifically based information when it's in the classroom one thing that we've been able to find is we have a lot of student advocates in high schools across our school district and they have been very vocal they've gone to our school board they've come to our school health advisory council meetings they are interested in their own personal health and the health of their peers and i think that using them as a sounding board and allowing them to create public services in their school and beyond their school is a really important piece to this it's not just a classroom piece it needs to start in the classroom but these things are happening beyond the school building as well. We want to make sure we're protecting kids. Quickly, last word from you, Dr. Consagra. Is this a health crisis among students? It is a health crisis. And as I said, I don't use the term epidemic lightly. And this is an epidemic. Uh, you know, that lifetime of nicotine addiction carries very real risks. And we have really outdone three to four decades of tobacco prevention in the span of a few years. And so, you know, we're already behind and we really need to be out front. Great, great, very good. Well, thank you both for being here, helping us understand. I learned a lot. I hope our viewers did too. Um, and we're going to continue to watch um, and, and to watch the lawsuit, but also uh, what's happening here at the state. So thanks so much. Great. Thank you. After the break, this week's final word. One of the cool things about hosting this show is sometimes I get to schedule guests about subjects that I want to learn more about. This week was definitely one of them. I was aware of e-cigarettes, but I'd never used them myself, and I was my largely uninformed view was that they were safe since the smoke you know, comes from water vapor, hence the term vaping, and certainly they must be safer than smoking cigarettes. In fact, when I first recall hearing about them, they were mostly being marketed as a way to quit you know, much more dangerous smoking. But it's clear that companies like Juul have moved far away from beyond helping people quit smoking and are focused more on creating more customers who crave and are addicted to nicotine. Cigarette use have been sharply declining for years, as you heard, but now these new e-cigarettes have reversed literally decades of positive trends. What we already know about e-cigarette risk should give us pause. 
Look, it hasn't been that long ago when big tobacco was downplaying the dangers of smoking and manufacturing phony studies to tell us they were safe. Now, I lost my grandfather and my father to smoking-related illnesses and complications, so I'm not an unbiased observer, but I was also a smoker for 10 years, and I liked smoking, and I didn't like being scolded about it, particularly not by the government. Now, I think Attorney General Stein is right to focus on young people where the health risks are greater and before a lifetime addiction starts. And he's right to hold companies accountable to tell the truth. They have a vested interest in making money from their products, and so we need to hold them accountable to make sure that we understand what their products are and what they're doing to our young people. That's it for this week's show. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next week.